Amy Rutberg, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you today? Hi, guys. Hey. Oh, it's great. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm in uh, New York City. It's cold as always. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm already jealous because it's like hot and muggy here, and we've already hit summer down Basically. here in the south. Oh, so. man. I yeah. would take hot and muggy. I'll trade it to you in a heartbeat. <laughs> See, I'm from... I'm in an... Yeah, I'm from New York, and so I, it's the one thing that I haven't acclimated to down here in the South is the heat. We'll never be okay with it. So, yeah, I would trade places with you in a heartbeat. <laughs> I remember getting off the uh, plane in July when I was filming in New Orleans in July, and I just remember, like, being hit with this, like, sauna heat. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... Holy cat on a hot tin roof. Yeah, it was right. Yeah. You you literally feel the weight of the humidity. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's so different no, because sure. you're from Los Angeles and so you're used to, you know, sunny and, and, and comfortable, but boy, the humidity here, you just I don't think you can ever get used to the humidity here. It in takes the Gulf it to South. a whole nother level. Yeah, it really oh, does. You guys are making me jealous. I can't <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. Oh, <laughs> so we have to th- we have to let you know that we have a huge block of Daredevil fans and they are extremely excited that you are on the show today. So oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love the Daredevil fans. They're just the greatest fans. I've, uh, I'm so, um, yeah, I just love them. Yeah, and we've got, we've got a couple of questions from them that they, they asked us to ask you, so we'll be getting into that. But we also have a lot right. of listeners that are kind of new to who you are and, and new to the show. So what we like to do is kind of open up with a little bit about your background. And um, so... I guess, how did you get started in the industry? Is it something that you always wanted to do, acting, or did you kind of fall into it? Or what's your background about how you got started? You know, I was one of those kids that, if you met me, it was very clear I was uh, going to go into the dramatic arts in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I was just um, I was just a fearless kid that any opportunity to talk in front of people, sing in front of people, mm-hmm. I would take it. I remember, um, like, my mother took me to SeaWorld once. I actually tweeted about this recently. My mother took me to SeaWorld, and it was like the Shamu show. Um, and I was picked as like the kid audience, like volunteer. I, th- I was probably like six or seven. Right. And, uh, you know, they you, they come up, and then they you, know, you go down there, and they say like, uh, you know, you I don't know, you have to you like raise your hand, and it makes the dolphins jump or something like that, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. And then the guy at the end he made a joke. He's like, all right. So this is like after you met the killer whale, right? And he was like, all right, so go ahead and jump on in. And I literally just started to jump in to the water. I was like, okay, that's what the audience wants. And they were, do- they were like, I mean, they stopped me. And they were laughing so hard. They were like, nobody has ever done that. And then, of course, um, I just figured I was such a good volunteer that they'd want me for every show. So we didn't see anything else at SeaWorld. I just made my mother, like, repeat that show over and over and over again, hoping to get picked again. And, of course, I didn't get picked again because, you know, you don't do that. You no, no, yeah. an opportunity. But, uh, yeah, so I think pretty early on it was clear that uh, that was that was in the cards. Yeah. <laughs> That's fa- my favorite line in there is, like, it's what the audience wants. Exactly. I have to it's jump in the, the water. Look at that reaction. Stand, Mom. <laughs> Yeah, oh my exactly. gosh, that's great. Now, your mom actually was in the industry a little bit too. I know, I doing our research. I know that she was a model, but she also worked for Universal for a little while, right? Yeah. Where did you get that? Did I say that somewhere? <laughs> We're good at our research, Amy. We're very good at wow. our research. Wow, that's super impressive. Yeah, my mom was a. Um, she, yeah, she was a model, and then uh, after college, she um, she went to go work in PR, and she actually did. She's like one of the heads of publicity for Universal for a while, like before I was born. Um, but she did the Universal Amphitheater, so she handled like all the shows and the bands that came to uh, 
Universal at the time, so she's got some crazy stories. Yeah, I bet. I bet, I bet. yeah. Yeah. Fun. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, was it, did you want to always be involved in film and television, or I, I think we saw that you wanted to do theater, correct? I mean, you, you mentioned I did. singing I started and as a theater stuff. actress, yeah. I was doing a lot of theater as a kid. I, I did some commercials and stuff, but as a kid, you know, I was, I, I was always kind of mature. I was one of those, like, old soul kids, so I remember my mom would let me to auditions in LA because we lived in the suburb outside LA. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would go in for like, you know, like the 10 year old with like the cereal box. And the casting directors would always be like, your daughter comes off like she's 16 and you really <laughs> need a 10 year old. <laughs> so that was like the story of my life for film and television until I hit like 28 and then I sort of like caught up to my age. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I did a ton of theater. I did national tours and theater in New York and yeah I, was, I did a lot of theater That's and awesome. we should mention you started early right because you were quite the overachiever in school so you were able to get started with the, the theater pretty quick uh, in the teens because you graduated early right yeah yeah it's crazy I was actually so into theater that um, my parents let me do this crazy thing where I uh, I took started taking college classes when I was like 12 and wow. then long story short I just ended up taking so much of them and building up enough credits that I graduated from high school and 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 two years of college. I did like six years of school and two, like two wow. years of college and four years of high school. So I actually transferred to UCLA as a junior when I was uh, when I was fifteen. Um, wow! But yeah, it was all it was it was a lot of theater stuff, and so that I was mean, definitely the peak of my intellectual career. Though, by the way, it's never gotten. <laughs> I mean, you got to give yourself some credit. Your parents let you do something crazy, but you had to be like really, really on it and intelligent, especially for your age, to be able to achieve that. That's not. Easy. I can't imagine trying to do that at 12. Right. That's incredible. Well, that's very <laughs> sweet of you. I mean, I definitely had tenacity. I would say it was 50% me and 50% crazy parents. Half <laughs> <laughs> my intelligence and half Fair enough, my, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> that's a great 50% crazy parents. And then so, unlike so many, you, you went the opposite way. So many are trying to go out to L.A. You made the jump to New York. And that's why I you know. Said, <laughs> and, and how know, was that going weird. from LA to New York? It had to be a little bit of a culture shock. Well, yeah. I mean, I was so enamored with theater. Mm -hmm. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, there's that New York weather for you. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, uh, I was so enamored with theater. And I, and when I was about 17, I booked this really cool off Broadway show here that I came and did for a little while. And mm -hmm. then I booked a national tour of a musical. So I was on tour for like a year and then I finished college and then I kind of sat around L.A. for a couple of years, like, going on auditions and playing a lot of poker. Mm -hmm. And then I went, you know what? I think I should go give New York a, a shot because, you know, that's, that's like, really what my calling is, you know, mm -hmm. theater. And then, funny enough, I moved to New York. Um, and then, like, two years later, I was mostly done doing theater and had moved into TV and film, um, which I didn't expect. I kind of always thought that I would just do Broadway musicals. Yeah. Um, but that's not the direction that it went, and I'm I'm grateful. I mean, man, people who do Broadway shows like eight shows a week, yeah. I mean, they are so impressive. But mm -hmm. it's I mean, you're really an athlete, especially like yeah. the musical theater yeah. ones. Um, like to sing at that level, like you, you're, you're a professional athlete. Uh, so this is really the lazier thing to do, <laughs> um, <laughs> being a television actress. But in some way, but it's just as hard in some ways. It's I would say it's you know it's it's up there. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, definitely like, I, I definitely like what I'm doing now. Nice, nice. Well, we saw, well, you brought up uh, playing poker. And now we heard that you became a press professional poker player for a little bit there. 
Yeah, I mean, we use the term professional in <laughs> Like, let me put it this way. There was a period of time where the only income I had was playing poker. Oh. <laughs> I mean, at least so, you got by. I wouldn't necessarily call it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it professional. I, mean, I didn't win any major tournaments. Yeah. Um, you know, but I definitely, uh, I definitely spent a lot of time in a poker. So you weren't going head to head with Ben Affleck right. in the big tournament, <laughs> so I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I wouldn't call Ben Affleck a professional poker player. Either. Oh, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great! I've never played in a game with Ben Affleck. I have played in a in a lot of games with a lot of different celebrities, who I will not name. But I have never played with Ben Affleck. Oh, that's I, I just love that. Thing. Yeah, it's that's like, great. He's not Daredevil either. No. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's great. not. <laughs> just a little trash just talk a little, sprinkled just in. A little, oh my goodness, that's fantastic. <laughs> so let's get into Daredevil because I yeah. mean, it's, first of all, congratulations. Um, it just we were all horribly disappointed when it was canceled. Um, oh, I, I just—it was so groundbreaking. I've been a comic book geek since birth, so uh, I was thrilled to finally see this hit and and hit the way that it did. And it's just a great time to be involved with comic books right now. And the way, to see the transition to screen, the way that it's been happening, is just phenomenal. So congratulations on being involved in that. Now I, I want to ask you though, because uh, when we talked to Royce. You know, he, everybody always talks about Marvel and their and their secrecy and their yeah. clandestine operations and everything. And he told us this great story about basically he showed up to this room like the size of a closet and he wasn't told what he was doing. And he said, just read this. And he got to do it like <laughs> once. And then he was exited out and said, thanks so much. And then, you know, found out later that, OK, hey, we think you got this. And by the way, it's Daredevil. Was it like that with you? Was it similar like that for everybody that was reading for that show? Or how did that go down for you? Oh gosh, you know, I've never heard Royce tell that story. You know, my um, my experience was, I guess, similar. I just went to the casting office of the casting director, and, and I, I had auditioned for the casting director before. Um, I got really close on uh, a big role in House of Cards the first season. Mm. I didn't oh, get. oh. Uh, yeah, I know. That was a bummer. That was one of the ones that really <laughs> sucked. Uh, I know I got to meet David Fincher and, you know, work with him and everything, and I didn't get it. But uh, that happens. That's that, by the way, most of my acting stories end with, I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I went and I read, uh, I read, I didn't know what the project was. I read the scene. I think I only did it once. Um, and then, yeah, like two weeks later, I got a call that, hey, it looks like you're going to possibly book this job. And, oh, by the way, it's Marvel's first show with Netflix. And it's Daredevil. And oh, I was like, nice. the Ben Affleck movie? <laughs> yeah, it's not with Ben Affleck. I hate, I hate that Ben Affleck has suddenly become a theme of the of the podcast. Right. <laughs> Poor Ben. Uh, uh, but he's probably not listening. I think we can, I think we were probably, we were probably pretty safe with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I was so excited. I was blown away. But, yeah, I didn't get to read any scripts the first season. So I really didn't know what was going on. I, wow. I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I would have to yeah. have held in, like, the plot line. Wow. That's... And like Eldon barely knew, even yeah. though he got to read the scripts. He just didn't remember. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so that was the, uh, yeah, it was crazy. They were, they were very secretive. Well, and this kind of leads into one of the questions that we got from, uh, from somebody on Twitter. Because for a lot of people who don't know, Marcy isn't actually in the comic books. It was a character created for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted to know if you had a lot of liberty with the, with the role. Did you, were you able to interject a lot into the character? Or was it pretty straightforward, like, this is who we want Marcy to be? Or how much control did you have uh, or input did you have in the character of Marcy? Oh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I had any control or input. Um, 
which is not uncommon, by the way. I, that's not just a Marvel thing. I would say most of the time when you go, you know, unless it's one thing if you're sort of a, a, a one of the stars of the show, like like Deb and Charlie and Eldon. I'm sure they had a lot of input, um, you know. But for for the rest of us, um, we're basically just reading the lines that are on the page. I think Marcy over the years was really tailored to me and sort of tailored to my strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just was one of those like really lovely matches. Um, and it was, I, I, we, we don't do, um, there's, there's no like ad-libbing or anything on, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we pretty much stick to what's on the page. Like if we, if we see something that we have a question about or that we're not really sure about, you know, we, we certainly would bring it up before we would start shooting mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, um, but, but especially during season three, um, when, uh, when we'd have, uh, table reads, mm-hmm. um, if something didn't feel right. It was very apparent, and the writers are so good. All three seasons. I mean, the writers are just amazing. Yeah. So I can only think of one time that there was a line in the table read, and I remember reading it and thinking, oh, I wish they would change it, and I didn't say anything about it, and then sure enough, when I got to set, the line had been cut or changed. Mm. So, like, oh, it was wow. just apparent. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. So you yeah. you basically felt like because it seems like it and and I don't know if it's just um, because of the match or just because of your skill or probably both but it seems like you felt very comfortable in the role of Marcy did it feel like that to you did it seem like a very natural fit for you It always did yeah it was sort of um, yeah it, it really was a natural fit for me just it, it's just sort of you know that Marcy's such, such about the essence and such about the attitude and and I think that that's just something I sort of naturally bring to the work mm-hmm. um unfortunately there was a scene in episode two which would have which was actually my favorite marcy uh foggy scene which now that i guess you know we've been canceled i guess it's not i guess i can talk about it. but there was this great scene between the two of us mm-hmm. um that sort of established our relationship for season three and they cut it oh. uh which at first i was so bummed about because um, it was one of my favorite scenes that we shot. Right. But then I really thought about it in the context of the show. And first of all, they had so much amazing stuff. And they had so mm-hmm. many good characters. I mean, and I, and I kept thinking, I was like, oh, God, if that, that f- four or five minutes would have taken away. Like, what, what would you have cut right. from that episode, right. you know, and put there instead? And I guess they felt like they probably just didn't need it, like, to establish the really, you know, I guess they just felt like they didn't need it or, you know, who knows. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, other than that, everything we shot always aired. You know, and lines were never cut. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, I shouldn't even say often, like most of the time when you do a TV show, what you're shooting is vastly different than what ends up appearing on absolutely. the screen. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I got to yeah. say, I loved the progression between Marcy and Foggy. Yeah. I think oh, you yeah. and Eldon had such a chemistry. Seriously. And I'm really bummed because oh. I was kind of hoping that we were going to see it go even further in season four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, clearly by the really, end of I was really, really hoping for that. I know, I know. And I think I think we would. I mean, it's just, just my opinion, but we. I think we would have. I mean, there's really two directions to go with Marcy and yeah. Foggy, which is either they get married or she, or she dies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of those two major things I think would have happened. Hell yeah. yeah. I just love how yeah, the, the first like the whole foggy bear thing and just like how she's totally in control but she loves him to death. It's yeah. like you're going to do what I want you to do, but I love you to death. <laughs> yeah. And it's just it, yeah. it was just like yeah, I just I thought their relationship and the chemistry was fantastic. And yeah. also oh, e- even more than that, like I just really enjoyed the the character depth in Marcy's. She seems like a very surface person and then it really showed at the end of season 1 when she was so instrumental in the 
the whole, you know, the break, the, what, what's the word I'm trying to, the bust, the whole bust of all the criminals and everything yeah. like that. It really showed, you know, just a whole nother level of her. And I, that's when I really started to really enjoy the character of Marcy. It was like, okay, there's a lot more going on here mm-hmm. that behind that totally. tough exterior. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I thought it was such a good character. Very, uh, very three dimensional, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I loved it. To your credit. I, th- I, th- yeah, I think definitely. that's vastly uh, uh, due to your skill and your interpretation of the character without doubt. Um, oh, it's partially, but it's also the writing. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take the compliment, <laughs> she says. 50-50, right? 50-50. Our jobs are really easy when the writing is good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get into your, your skill in a little bit here. With I want to talk about Law & Order SVU in a little bit, but uh, I think we got another question from Twitter. Yeah, we do. Uh, a fan asked, if season four were to happen... What character would you like to have more scenes with other than Foggy? Oh, oh gosh. Um, That's a tough well, one, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess my life dream, would, I would love to have a scene with Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, yeah. yeah. playing this hypothetical game, then, yeah. like, you know, for, yeah, forget it. I can say whoever I want, right? Exactly. So, I guess Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, I think, um, I, you know, I got to work with Deb a little bit in season one in, in our first scene, and then, and then um, you know, Deb's a good friend of mine, so I, I would always have enjoyed like a Karen Mar. I think Karen and Marcy in season four. I mean, mm. if I were writing it, I think they would have been friends. Yeah, so, like, oh, I can see friends. that. They, they sort of insinuated that. Yeah. Um, I think this season that that was happening. Yeah. But I think it would have been nice to show like a strong alliance between the two of them. Absolutely. And Karen needs a girlfriend too. She needs a, a gal pal yeah. to like right? deal with all this yeah. stuff with. <laughs> I just imagine like Marcy always trying to take her like shopping or whatever. Yeah. And, like, rolling her eyes, and then suddenly it's a totally different show. Oh, and that'd be great. Like, you know? Exactly. <laughs> well, there's a couple of yeah. ideas. Here's a, here's a couple. One, I think I thought a musical episode would have been brilliant. Oh my goodness. Right? Oh, now that we know your musical background, how awesome would have that been? I could just totally see that go down oh man and two that's, that's super fantasy yeah <laughs> right <laughs> and two and doing our research we saw this great clip with you to actually talking about vincent and halloween yeah and you know kingpin yeah. has a kid so i it was just, like the first time y'all met or something uh, yeah so further right. down the line marcy and foggy show up at kingpin and vanessa's door right with the sun, and you're in your full suit i love it <laughs> we're all friends it's a dream sequence it's just what it's like it's like in season three when they did one episode that was all Deb's backstory we'll just have yes. one episode that's a whole dream sequence absolutely yes. it'd be brilliant <laughs> yeah that's yeah hilarious. it would be funny so let's well. talk about the Save Daredevil campaign because as you mentioned at the top the, the Daredevil fans are just I mean top notch yeah and uh, yeah. they started this online campaign that's just taken off massively worldwide uh, and, and the, I mean, all of you guys have been wonderful because you all have gotten behind it uh, and signed on to it and made appearances for it and everything. Um, how 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 incredible is that? What the, what's that feel like as an actor to be involved in a project where people are so connected and so involved with it that they would make this movement to try to save it? I'm I'm just beyond touched. I mean, it really it really um, you know it was so sad and so shocking when the show got canceled, um, and so. To have this just like outpour, this outpour of affection from the fans, um, I mean, it really just, it made the process so much better mm-hmm. and so much easier. And I'm just so grateful. I mean, the, 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 the people who love Daredevil and the Save Daredevil and, and, and everyone who's, who, 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 who tweets at me, who comments on my Instagram page, like... I mean, I, I just, I really think I will never have another experience like this in my career. I mean, you know, I'm knocking on wood. It would be great to have another one. But um, I just, I'm, I'm very aware of how lucky uh, we are to 
you know, to have had this sort of connection with the fans. Yeah, it really seems like the whole group of the Daredevil cast and behind the scenes are just like a tight-knit family almost. So it's really cool to hear you guys talk about that and especially reach out to the fans and interact with them too. Well, we were, and you know, I mean, Daredevil was part of this sort of Marvel um, family, but also, you know, we we did three seasons over like five years. I mean, mm. it's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, if you're, you're right. Um, everyone really, really liked each other. Everyone was friendly and close. I mean, there was no... I mean, it's just a nice group of people. There's no attitudes. There's no, like, stories from behind the scenes of, like, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Like, that right. doesn't exist on the show. Just, right. Wow. Yeah. Well, and yeah. we were talking about as well, if Daredevil was to come back in another form on Hulu, we were talking about maybe as an animated series, try to get all you guys to voice your char- characters as an anime series, but... I was also thinking that you guys looked like such a tight-knit group, so would you be open to coming back for at least voicing some characters? I would be open to anything having to do with Daredevil. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you just go ahead, and, you go ahead and suggest it, and I will say yes. Awesome. As long <laughs> as it's fantastic. legal. Yes. We'll be sure to tell everybody. That's right. Now, that brings <laughs> yeah. up another question, though. We saw that uh, Eric Olson, uh, showrunner, just signed a new deal with Amazon. Uh, for two yeah. years. I mean, uh, would you guys... Uh, so, well, we know your answer now, but uh, uh, how do you guys feel about moving forward if Disney and Marvel were able to get around this whole thing with Netflix and allow you guys to continue um, without Eric? I mean, how do you guys feel about that? We, I mean, are, are you okay coming back with another showrunner? Or? You know, it's just... It's hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many moving pieces that go into... Uh, you know, reviving a show. I mean, it's, you know, it's unfortunate. It's not like, like you, we've heard these stories about these like network shows mm-hmm. that get canceled. Right. And then, I mean, I can't think of the name of the shows off the top of my head, but then like, um, somebody comes in and picks it up right away mm-hmm. or the, the, the network changes their mind and they bring it back. Right. Um, you know, because the fan outpouring. Um, but I think this situation is just complicated because, you know, Netflix didn't cancel it. At least I don't think from everything I've read, and, and I don't I don't really know anything that you guys don't know to mm-hmm, be honest. Mm-hmm. So, so but I, I did. You, there was a Forbes article that said um, that Daredevil was something like the fourth most watched show on Netflix. Right, uh, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, either the fourth or the fifth. But if that's true, like let's let's just go ahead and say that's true, yeah. right? Like that's not why they canceled the show. It no. wasn't because of lack of. Um, you know, viewers. Right. Right, Yeah. So, um, and I do, and I do know that like we've heard, you know, that they, that they do uh, like have rights to the property for a while. Mm -hmm. Have you, had you guys heard that too? Right. Yeah. Yeah, For like two two years years that they can't appear anywhere else for two years. Yeah. We've heard that. Yeah. I don't know the details and I don't know the time span, but but yes, I have heard something along the lines of that. Um, so the, the idea that if it were to happen, that everyone involved would be available after that period of time. It'd be rough. You know, it's probably just not realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, in, so to answer your first question, Eric Olson's amazing. He is like, as far as I'm concerned, he's just a writing god, and I am so excited to see what he does next. Um, but you know, if uh, I think that. Everyone is totally would be totally open, you know. If if Daredevil has a life somewhere else, I think yeah. people would be open if they're available. And 
you know, you just got to roll with the punches if somebody's not, you know, I don't yeah. know what that will look like or Absolutely. if it, right. you well, know, like who knows. That's you know. kind of where an animated option would be better in some ways, you know, is that, I mean, it's kind of easier to work around schedules with voice acting than, you know, more so yeah. than right. in person. So This is the first that I've, I've heard of that idea, but um, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, you, you brought up, and we talk about it a lot in our industry news section, I, I feel like it's unfortunate for people like yourself and the people involved with the show and, and even behind the scenes and below the line with the crew and, and stuff yeah. that... that it see it would appear that Netflix made the decision because of Disney getting ready to ramp up and start their own streaming service, and it seems to be more along the lines of a of a business decision, you know, in response to another company's. And that's so unfortunate for the people like yourself that are involved in this project right. who who really aren't involved with any of that, exactly. and you're just enjoying a good run and a good show, and the fans are enjoying it and watching it. So to have it kind of end the way it did, it, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, we were shocked. I mean, even even after Luke Luke and Iron Fist got um, canceled, mm-hmm. there was still no doubt in my mind that Daredevil would go into a season four. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. And then after Del- Daredevil got canceled, I don't think any of us were surprised that you know Jessica and Punisher got yeah um, canceled. But um, yeah, you know this this whole um, marriage between Netflix and Marvel has employed so many people in New York over the past five years. Oh, I, mean, I can't even tell you, like it's been so amazing for production. So. Yeah, it's sad all around, and and you know I, I don't know if we'll ever know the full story of what happened, right. um, of why Netflix did. Maybe it was because of the Disney streaming service. Maybe it was just too expensive. You know, this was one of the first deals they made. Um, you know, for shows. I mean, because Daredevil was was like early on in Netflix. Yeah, and, sure was. You know, short history of uh, you know their their short history of their kingdom, yeah. and um, so you know maybe it was a money th- like I just you know who knows. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's an excellent point, point though. Yeah. Absolutely. Now you bring up New York because you have been you you have done a lot of uh, New York productions as well. Uh, Law and yeah. Order, The Good Wife, uh, so much so much of the stuff that that that's shot in that area. Um, I want to bring up uh, the SVU appearance uh, that you recently did. I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal. I think one of the hardest things for an actor to do is act without saying anything. And I feel like 75% of your uh, performance there, you didn't say a word until you got on the stand, you know, three quarters of the way through the show. And uh, it was all physical. It was the, the looks on your face or the, or the movement of your body. And I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal the way you pulled that off. Well done. Oh, Dustin, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, you know, that was a really... Uh, so... You know, like you said, I have done so many shows in New York, and, um, you know, Law & Order has been around 20 years, right? Right. So when I first came to New York as a young child, (laughs) I remember taking meetings with the casting director um, and, like, reading for, you know, like, kind of small parts on the show and, you know, not getting them, like, not even getting past casting. And then, you know, all these years later, I mean, that wasn't 20 years ago, but that was, like, let's say 15 years ago, right? Right. Um... And then um, all these years later, you know, they just called and, and offered me this part. Um, and so it was really neat to see sort of like what's happened, you know, because I've done so many other shows, I'm at the point where, you know, sometimes you just, you know, you, you just get offered stuff. Um, and I was so excited to do it. And they were like, listen, it's, you know, just so you know, it's only like this kind of one scene where you speak, but you're really like, they were like talking me into doing it. Right. And I'm like, guys. Guys, you had me at hello. It's okay. <laughs> like, like, I want to do it. I want to go work with Mariska. Like, it's cool. Paul yeah. Mapp, oh, yeah. Playing, the, playing my lawyer, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So no, it was a really that was a, a really interesting process. Oh yeah, and a, well, and a, like a unique episode for the show. It's like totally different from what they normally do. Oh yeah, absolutely. To see them down in the in, in the recess area of the court, just going at each other, and like said, yeah, really different. Uh, I know. So, it was like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great it explanation. Was, yeah, that's it was quite the. It was quite. The, it was quite the night of television. I thought. Oh, yeah. I, I thought so. I've been a fan since the get go with Law and Order. So yeah, it, it was fun oh, to was see. Great. Fun to see. So yeah. uh, we definitely want to talk about NCIS New Orleans because, uh, like I said, we're right outside of New Orleans. I spent uh, the majority of my life in New Orleans, so real familiar with the area. Um, and I, I was I was doing our research. I saw you. You seem to be a pretty big fan of Nola. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it down there. How could you I not be? Exactly right. It, it's just the yeah. most unique city I think I've ever been in. Honestly, it is. It's amazing. It's great to visit. That set is just the nicest people in show business. Um, so for me, that's like a dream job. I mean, when they when they call me and ask me to come back for season uh, five. I was like over the moon. Yeah. I was just yeah. yeah I just get to eat. I get to I get to act. I get to wear pretty clothes. I mean, I'm just in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so that's the best job ever. I've got to I've got to bring it up because you know yeah. I have to know what's your favorite New Orleans cuisine because yeah the food is to die for down there. So what what's your favorite New Orleans meal? So I love fish, um, mm. and so I'm, I always go to places with great seafood, like, you know, like passion, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into seafood, but my favorite, I actually do have a, a favorite dish and it's at, uh, it's at Emeralds, it's the stuffed oysters at Emeralds oh, yeah. and the barbecue shrimp at Emeralds. Mm. So every time I'm down there, I try to make once. So I, I remember going there with a group of people and having it and like, you know, how you have appetizers in a group of people and you, and you have like one bite or one oyster mm. and you're like, yeah. Oh my God, this is amazing. Then the next trip I went back by myself, like I just decided to go sit at the bar at Emeralds and order those two things. <laughs> Yeah, they're so rich. Like, you're not meant to eat the whole thing by yourself. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> like, I had such a stomach. I mean, nothing to do with, like, the quality of the food, but just, like, the richness. Yeah, So right. I learned my lesson. Only go to Emeralds with, you know, another person. <laughs> That's well, you know, so I'm going to keep yeah. that in mind. I'm actually going next month. I turn 30, oh, uh, which oh I'm struggling gosh, with. Baby. <laughs> oh, and, uh, um, so I'm going to go to, and spend just like one night in New Orleans and go to the Audubon and Sectarian and all that. And uh, I was actually trying to think of places to go eat. And that's a really great idea. I love shrimp and fish, too. So I'm going to keep that in mind. I might just have to take a Amy Rutberg recommendation right. there. And, <laughs> and go yeah, have, I love it. I mean, but there's so many good restaurants. I, mean, I know. It's never ending. That's oh. why. It's so hard. That's why I've been struggling with it. It's so tough. But that's a really good recognition. I'm going to keep that in mind. So were you scared of well, the... happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> were you scared of the mud bugs and crawfish? Or, or did you just jump right into that? Nah, I just jumped right in. There you go. I live in New York. It's hard to scare me. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we, have like, we have like mice and rats. <laughs> like, good, point. Like good point. Good so, point. I was in South Africa over the holidays with my family and we're in Cape Town, which is like this beautiful city. And I remember we walked into a restaurant like with a group of people to get some dessert. And one of the women we were with like was looking up on the wall and there were like, I don't know if they were like cockroaches, some sort of bugs that were on Ugh. the wall. And she's like... You guys, we have to leave. We can't stay here. Look, <laughs> you know, there's like cockroaches. And my husband and I looked at each other. We're like, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. That is so funny. That is so funny. So, what do you have coming up? What 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 can we expect to see from you in the future? 
if you're allowed to talk about anything. I know how that goes. By the way, I also saw a really great yeah. quote from you, which I thought it, oh. it's kind of a trend uh, amongst a lot of our, our guests that we have on. But I just I think it really sticks out. I loved how you said that acting is only 20% of your job. The rest of it is like auditioning. Or you know, I, I just thought that was a really good quote because we hear that a lot. Yeah. You know that that, and you said it in in this interview really that, yeah. that most of the time it ends with not getting it. Yeah, professional and, um, auditioners. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, twenty percent of it is actually acting, and the rest of it is the rest of it is yeah, it's auditioning. It's mm-hmm. hustling. Yeah. yeah, and being persistent and, and not giving up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, what can we expect? Uh, what do you have coming up in the future? Well, you know, um, I'm going back to New Orleans. I don't think I can officially say that. What I'm doing in New Orleans, but I guess it's fairly obvious. (laughs) 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 So I'll be spending April in New Orleans. um, And uh, then after that, I don't know. You know, with our acting, you know, with with these jobs, we don't really know too far in advance what's happening. Like, I literally um, was just uh, auditioning for something that would be like, and and by the way, I, I have, you know, this is, I, I, I just auditioned for something that would like start filming like the day after tomorrow oh. and like yesterday I didn't have that audition and today I did and so like you know by tomorrow my plans could like totally change right. wow yeah. but it's uh, but but I do know I'm, go- I'm going to be in New Orleans in uh, April which I'm really looking forward to so a certain of a angel of death return maybe wink wink I don't know I didn't say that you know maybe no, we're going no, to do another not. show that shoots you know Claws shoots in New Orleans that's true, true. and um, uh, Preacher Preacher, yeah, yeah. yeah, Preacher, and uh, what's the one based on the scary movies where you get to kill someone one day a year? (laughs) Oh, Oh, the purge. The purge. The purge shoots there. You know, I could be doing any of those shows. You sure could be. You sure could be. Totally could. I would love to see you on any of those shows. That'd be pretty awesome. Cloak and Dagger. (laughs) Cloak and Dagger. Oh my gosh. Yeah, (laughs) Marcy should show up on Cloak and Dagger. Logan, well, yeah, I I love that idea. Often do they? They don't. You don't. You, once you're like in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you just play that part, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. But hey, lawyers travel, right? I mean, you could come down and investigate something in New Orleans. I totally see that. I, mean, <laughs> I just feel like they should use like there's no, because I'm not in the comics. Like, there's no reason not to use Marcy in another franchise. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Let's, let's start that yeah. campaign, okay? We'll figure yeah. out a hashtag. We'll get it started. Let's do the save Marcy campaign. <laughs> <laughs> save Marcy. Save Marcy. Marcy and Nola. Job. Let's just do Save Marcy. That's right. Let's just make it Marcy everywhere. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so, well, how we like to usually end up the show uh, is to we have a lot of people that are uh, listening that are trying to get into the industry or maybe have aspirations of getting into the industry. So, we always like to ask our guests what advice would you give to someone who's trying to become an actor in the industry or or theater. Um, and maybe some pitfalls that they should maybe look out for or avoid trying to get into. Oh, I love this topic. So I'll, I'll just give you a couple things that in no particular order as they come to my head. Um, studying, uh, having an acting technique is always helpful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're like a young person, um, use any opportunity you can to act, to learn how to be a better actor, to take acting classes, all that stuff. But I think that the most valuable thing that you can be doing as somebody who wants to be getting into the entertainment industry, whether it's acting or directing or writing, is creating your own content. I can't stress that enough. It's the golden age of television. People need content. Meet other people who are who, who will collaborate with you. Like, if you're an actor and you're, like, a little bit funny, like, go hook up with a writer who's a lot funny and write Exactly. <laughs> 
and nice. it's so easy to do now with the I mean with the iPhone the capability yeah. now that you have to create your yeah. own content. Yeah, that's and, great. And advice. I mean to yeah. introduce yourself don't, to other don't actors. Don't do it the traditional way that I did, which is just going on audition after audition after audition. Create your own content. Exactly, exactly. And it's so easy yeah. to find other actors in your area. I mean with social media nowadays. Yes. That's true. Yes. Yeah. I, absolutely. So that's my, um, and, 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 you know, if things are slow or things aren't happening, like just keep writing. Exactly. Do things that you're in control of. You're in control of, of your computer and your mm-hmm. hands and your brain. Yep. You know? Wow, that's I love that. really yeah, great advice. That is great <laughs> advice. And you are active. I, I will say you're very active on social media. Yeah. Uh, very active with the fans and very active yourself just posting and sharing. You do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, so it is a great tool. I mean, like Logan said, it is a great tool these days to, to get yourself out there. Oh, yeah. And I say, and also, yeah, that, that's another piece of advice, too. You know, I think um, social media has just become so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, try to recognize your brand, like, early on. Um, yeah. you know, like what is it that you give that nobody else gives? And then, you know, sort of try to do your, your socials and, and practice it that way. Yeah. You know, that's, a, um, yeah. I love that. I do yeah. too. Well, I think the key word is their brand. Exactly. You have yeah. to realize that if you're going to try to get into this industry, you be it brand an actor yourself. or a director, you are a brand. Yeah. Exactly. So totally, totally yeah. great advice. Totally. Great advice. So, okay, well, let's tell everybody where they can find you. You, Like we said, you are very active, and you are on Instagram and Twitter. So tell everybody the handles that they can find you at. Yeah, I'm on, at Amy Rutberg on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and I read everything that, that you guys post on my page. So uh, if, you, if you comment, I read it. Um, and so, yeah, definitely give me a shout and, um, I'll continue to post on other projects and I'm always digging up old old daredevil photos. So you never know (laughs) when, like, a new one's going to come out. Always. I'm always doing that. I I definitely keep some in the vault, like, you know, to just like, you know, to to give out. But, um, but yeah, uh, you guys are such a delight. Like really, you guys are so sweet and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the research you did on me and, (laughs) um, Really, that's like that's really heartwarming, and um, I, I really, really appreciate it. And I and I appreciate you guys reaching out to the Save Daredevil fans, and you know, um, you know, they should just know. Like, obviously, I don't know anything that's I don't I don't have any more information than everyone else does, but I do know, and I, I've said this before. Like, your voice matters. Like the Absolutely. social media stuff posting, it does not go unnoticed. That I know for sure. Yes. Well, yeah. and kudos to you and the entire cast, honestly, because you guys do such a wonderful job of interacting with your fans, yeah. which is why I think the fan base is the way it is for you all. Um, and, I, you know, unfortunately these days you don't see a lot of people do that. So the fact that you guys take the time to do that, and as you said, you guys actually read everything and you interact with your fans, and that's just a wonderful thing to see. And, and so kudos to you for that. Yeah. Oh, and just one more plug, you know, um, speaking of Daredevil, because I just happened to see it two nights ago. I don't know if you guys have watched, I don't know if, guys, if you guys are into D&D or if any of your um, listeners are into D&D, but Deb's show that she created, The yes. Relics and Rarities, it's really cool. Yeah, are you going to it? No, well, no, they already filmed it, um, uh-huh. and my... My Dungeons and Dragons skills are are very um, novice. Um, I've just played with Deb and like our little Daredevil group a few times, uh-huh. but it was so fascinating to see her in her element and to see her doing her thing with people who are really good at it. Yeah. It was like really cool. Oh yeah, wow. the, the Kevin Smith episode is is fantastic. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really it's really worth a watch if you're even remotely interested in D and D, or if you just like Deborah and Wall. And who doesn't fall into one of those two categories? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. At least one or the other. It's like a Venn diagram. You know. <laughs> right? Can't tell- 
can't, can't tell Amy's mom was in PR at all, can you? <laughs> it's like, I think some of that rubbed off a little bit. <laughs> well, and listen, just thank you so much. We appreciate all the kind words you had for us. But listen, we, we are so appreciative that you came on the show and uh, spent some time talking to us. And we were really excited about it. And you delivered. You have just been an absolute gem to talk to today. Uh, for sure. You know, just sweet. And listen, hit me up if you if you want me to come back in a few months if I've got some other cool projects to talk about or whatever. Feel free to hit me up anytime. Got Absolutely. you. We, we, we would love that. Maybe even do it in person. I mean, you know, since we're so close to New Orleans, who knows how things work out, but we would love to you do that. You never know. And hey, you maybe I'll know. see you next month uh, at Emeralds and we'll, you know, eating some <laughs> fish true. and, and uh, barbecue hey, shrimp. If you see me, Davey, if you see me next Next, next month at Emeralds, you come up to me. I will buy you a drink. <laughs> oh, there nice. you go. I okay, will be so on I the lookout. We can share this stuff to Oysters. Okay. Nice. <laughs> well, listen, stay warm since it's cold up there. Yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, uh, you have a great rest of the week, and we will definitely be in touch soon. Thanks, guys. All the best, really. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.